Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome, welcome. This is so awesome. I am so excited about today's campfire conversation about an incredible family and their recent experience on the Appalachian Trail. This podcast has listeners all over the world. So for those who might not be familiar with the trail, I thought I'd share a few stats from the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, AppalachianTrail.org. So the Appalachian Trail is the longest hiking-only trail in the world. It extends from the state of Georgia to the state of Maine. It is 2,193 miles long. It goes through 14 states, 464,500 feet of elevation gain or loss, and it gets over 3 million visitors per year. Now, of those visitors, 3,000 people each year attempt to through-hike the Appalachian Trail. But according to the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, only one in four hikers actually complete it. Now, today we have here at the campfire, Josh Sutton, who successfully completed a through hike of the trail this year, along with his wife, Cassie, and their son, Harvey. Now, as if through hiking the DAT all the way through is not accomplishment enough, they did it with their son, Harvey, who is only five years old. So that makes him one of the youngest through hikers in the history of the trail. I mean, way to beat the one in four odds, Josh. Welcome to the campfire. Hey, thank you so much, Scott. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm super, super excited about this. I just, I can't get enough of this story. You guys have an amazing YouTube channel um, and I've been watching your videos and following the journey that you guys took and it's just an incredible story. Um, if you don't mind, could you just kind of jump right in and just give us an overview of the trip itself? I've got all kinds of questions, but let's start with that. Yeah. So for people that don't know, we, we did it this with our, our son, Harvey. He started out four years old, and so which, which was quite the experience, but we had to start a little bit earlier than everyone else. So we actually started back in January 13th, 2021, and we just finished a little while ago in August 9th. Um, so it took us 209 days to go. So we went through um, a lot of winter, um, a whole lot of winter, um, and and went through you know all the states, and, and we just had a great time. It was a great family family bonding, and and I can go into stories if you want, but um, it was a great experience. Oh, and so most people start in April, March, April. Is that? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. So you guys, I mean, I saw your videos. You guys are out there in the snow and the ice. Like that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So one of the reasons why we started so early is one, we had our son and we knew we were going to go slower than everyone else. So we wanted a head start. And then two, I work in the real estate industry and uh, December is a little slower in the real estate industry. So I might as well just start in January, get going instead of finding clients for the spring. It just didn't make sense. Um, and also, if we start early enough, we might be able to finish before Harvey started kindergarten. Because every kid needs to finish the entire Appalachian Trail before they go to kindergarten, right? <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. So is he back? In, so is he started kindergarten? Is he yep, back? he has. He's actually in kindergarten as we speak right now and, and um, seems to be enjoying it quite a bit. That's amazing. I wonder what show and tell is going to be like in his class. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so can you just tell us just really briefly, just for the people listening, a little bit about your, your, uh, you know, your life before the trail, kind of day job, what's your family life look like? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm in the real estate industry. I'm a real estate agent. Me and my wife, um, work together. She does all my man, uh, transaction management. And then also we own some rental properties as well. So we've been um, slowly investing in rental properties. Um, so that's what we kind of currently do now. But if I was to backtrack a couple of years and kind of tell a little bit about the story, I, I was born in, yeah. in central Virginia and, um, I was actually homeschooled. So I never started school in my life, but my family, there was quite a bit of kids in our family. So um, I was kind of lost in the middle and I didn't like school very much. So around 14, I started working for a roofing company. Uh, so we went and we started uh, roofing and and I love that. I told my mom that I would do, do my school at night. Um, most of the time I never really did it. I just worked um, and it turned out pretty well. Um, I really enjoyed it. When I was 18, I moved to South Africa and that's where me and my wife met. Um, she went over there to do some missions work and I went over there to work on a game lodge that was owned by the the organization, the mission organization. So we lived there for four years and that's where we met and got to like each other. But there's, when you work for a nonprofit, you don't really make much money. So I decided to come back to the States so I could make some money and um, so I could marry, marry my wife. Um, so I came back and started working again in the construction industry, went, moved into sales and then went into um, real estate. And then we started buying some rental properties too. That is an awesome story. And I'll bet you had some adventures in Africa as well. Oh yeah, we had plenty of adventures. Uh, my driving record is clean because in my early twenties I got to drive in Africa, and and you know I couldn't get tickets there. I just the oh floor was the um, was the cruise control. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, so clearly you know you got right to work at age fourteen, moved to South Africa. You're somebody that that gets after it. That's that's for sure. So um, I went. You know, I loved watching the YouTube videos, and you mentioned in the. Uh, one of the videos that you had done a stretch of the trail um, when you were 13. Yes. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, 13 years old, I was in Boy Scouts and we didn't live too far from the trail. And I remember doing that as a 13 year old. We did a 50 mile section, which was took us about, I don't know, five or six days to do it. Um, maybe 10 miles a day as Boy Scouts. And I was 13 years old and I had a real heavy pack on and I did that 50 miles. And it was funny. I was so proud of myself. My uh, scoutmaster said, most people will never go out for a full week on trail and do more than 50 miles. So you guys should be proud of yourself. So we were, we were very proud. Uh, you know, fast forward several years, um, you know, at age four, I took my son on the exact same 50 miler to do a test training to see if we could actually do the entire Appalachian trail. And he did it in the same amount of time that I did it when I was 13. Uh, so I'm like, eh, well, maybe it wasn't so impressive. <laughs> Or maybe he is really impressive. <laughs> both, both, both accomplishments were impressive. But I, I got to tell you, that's like one of the things I love about your story is, you know, you this was not like, you know, a guy that just decided to hike the Appalachian Trail. And one day you just started walking and, you, you know, 2000 miles later, there you are. I mean, this this is something that was kind of a lifelong journey for you. And, you know, you, you did a portion of the trail when you were 13 and then, you know, you took your son out at five to do the same thing. What, I, what I'm really curious about, Josh, is what is it that calls you to do something like this? Yeah, so um, so when we moved to South Africa when I was 18, um, the reason why I did that uh, was probably just to get away from home life. My, my home life was very much, um, like I said, when I was in a large family, kind of felt lost in the shuffle. And I want to do something just for me. Uh, so that's what caused me to do go to Africa because I thought that would be cool to go do an adventure, do something that's outside, away from my family. So it was more more or less running away from my family. Um, had some great experiences there. But 
once I got married and started working, we, me and my wife got caught up in the rat race pretty bad. Just, just mm -hmm. working all the time, buying rental properties, staying up till 12 at night, painting our properties and taking care of them. I mean, just, just a bunch of work. So it all started actually with a guy named Tim Ferriss. He has a book out called yeah, four hour work week. We yeah, read that book and, and some people like it. Some people hate it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that stuck out in that book. And it was about taking many retirements throughout your life because you know, first of all, my wife's father, he died when he was 36. He had MS and he passed away. Um, my dad had strokes in his 40s and wasn't able to take care of his family very well or do anything really exciting with his life. Uh, so having knowing that retirement isn't guaranteed, the idea of many retirements throughout your life really stuck out to us. And we got super excited about that concept. Um, but we didn't know how if we could do it. We were just like like all everyone else in America. We're, we're stuck working hard. So after we read that book, my wife found a blog and that blog was about going to Mount Everest base camp. So uh, since I'm in the real estate business in December slow, it was November time. And so that December, I mean, a month later, we got on a plane and went to Nepal and we climbed, uh, did the trek to Mount Everest base camp, which by the way, is a lot easier than that Appalachian trail. Uh, we had to stay in tea houses and they feed you three hot meals a day. It's way easier. They, they take care of you over there, but the altitude was high. Um, so and you get to walk on glaciers and things. So it was quite the event here. And we felt so at peace and so happy. We're like, wow, this is so neat not to be stressed out all the time and to have this adventure. Um, then we came back, had our son and went right back to work, right back to the thing that we hated, uh, just working all the time and not focusing on family time and not having a good relationship with each other. We just focus on working. Um, so then once our son was born, we're like, we have a kid now. We got to change. We got to get back to where we were in Nepal. Uh, so we were looking for an idea of like, hey, let's go do an adventure. Adventure would be fun. You know, we could take a mini retirement set on the beach, but let's let's have an adventure. Let's do something while we're young because we could die in our 40s. We could die in our 50s, you know, or get sick. You know, let's do something, you know, more physical. Um, and then we saw a YouTube channel of a kid named Buddy the Backpacker. He actually uh, finished it right before his six-year-old birthday. Yeah. So I'm sitting there a little competitive, holding an infant in my arms and be like, hey, in 2021, it, this was a joke, but in 2021, we could beat this kid by like six or seven months. Sure enough, uh, we started telling too many people and now we're kind of committed because we told so many people. So, so at, at this point, we had a goal. So we had to figure out how to accomplish it after that point. But we did you know, have a goal right when our son was born that we would want to do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is an amazing story. So you know, th this call to adventure, this is not just about the Appalachian trail. This is about going to Africa and then going to Nepal and then, and then tackling the a Appalachian trail. And um, by the way, huge fan of Tim Ferriss. Uh, I've also gotten a, a lot of lessons and learned a lot of things from, from his books as well. He's written some great things and I know he's inspired a lot of people. So, you know, um, you mentioned family is a big theme for you. Obviously th this was a big, a big trip for you in the sort of call to adventure, like what is it about the nature piece? Like these are all like, you know, getting to, to Africa or just, and then, and then Nepal and the Appalachian trail, like these are very natural settings. Like what is it about kind of the natural wilderness that, that calls at you? Well, I, I do like hard things. Um, I do like conquering stuff uh, or, or accomplishing things. Um, you know, but the one thing I don't like is the emotional side of things, you know, dealing with clients and stuff like that. It can get just, just a little, carries a lot of stress. But when you, when you go to Nepal or you go on the Appalachian trail or, or climb a big mountain or something like that, you feel free. And when you accomplish it, you just feel this, 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 I, I don't even know how to describe it. You just feel really good when you accomplish something outdoors versus something, um, maybe more, uh, mental or emotional, um, there 
there's like a, a peace or serenity that I'm feeling right now. Like that, that, you know, getting out in nature, what you're talking about right now, that freedom, like, can you talk a little bit more about that freedom? Yeah. So, um, and that was one of the best things about the trail really. Uh, yeah. and the hardest thing about being home right now is you don't really have to make decisions with your life. You don't, you, all your emotional weight, your emotional baggage just kind of left you because when you're outdoors, you have one goal on the trail and that's to pack up your stuff, carry your stuff all day and then pack up, make a tent at night. And other than that, it's build relationships with other hikers. And the community is amazing. We could talk about that for forever because I love the community out there on the trail, just wonderful people. Um, but but there's no, you know, there's no statuses of comparing, you know, hey, how much money do you have? How, what, what's your job title? None of that mattered. We all had trail names. My, my trail name was Hot Hands. My son was Little Man. And, you know, we, we hiked with a guy named Blueberry. You know, we all have trail names on the trail. So you don't have to, you don't have to pretend it's much more authentic, which, which that takes all the emotional side of the heart side of life off your shoulders. So you do have a lot more peace and um, yeah, you feel free. You feel 10, 20, 30 pounds lighter just because you don't have to carry all that, that emotional comparison and stress and keeping up with the Joneses. I love that so much. That's so awesome. A um, couple of things, a couple of themes that I heard in what you were talking about in terms of that freedom, like uh, authenticity. Uh, I love that word and it's super important to me as well. And, uh, and can you talk a little bit more about that authenticity piece? Yes. It, it's kind of funny. We, we went for a walk the other day with our son uh, at the park. And when we were at the park, we were walking by, there was someone jogging the next way and he quickly yelled at him. And this is something we say on the trail is happy trails. You never say goodbye on the trail because you're going to see someone again, probably. So you always say happy trails. So he starts saying that to random joggers at the park, um, which to him, that's so normal. But, you know, on the real world, you don't have that camaraderie with people. Um, and, you know, as far as being authentic, I kind of feel, as, especially as a real estate agent, that I kind of have to impress everyone around me. You know, I'm always trying to level people up. Are they, you know, do I have to impress them? Are they trying to impress me? Where having this break, this mini retirement on the trail, I didn't feel any of that. You know, nobody was a, a target, you know, oh, I wonder if they're going to refer me business, you know, or anything like that. There was no targets, nothing. It was just good people. And some of the people were right out of college. Some of them were older and retired. Some had, you know, W-2 jobs. Some owned multi-million dollar businesses. We got to meet everyone, but you you wouldn't know that for a long time. They were just other hikers. And I, and I love that feeling. And I wish I could replicate that in my life now, which me and my wife had a discussion today. We're trying to figure out how to do that because we had some friends over the other day and it was kind of awkward trying to figure out like the social statuses of everybody. Um, but I, I don't like that. I'm trying to figure out a good way to bring that back home because that was probably the best thing about the trail. I want to be part of that conversation that you and Cassie had this morning. Like, well, why, why is that? Why can't we find that piece here in the, in the real, in the so-called real world? I don't know. We're trying to figure that out. So, so if either one of us finds out, we'll tell each other. Oh, we might have to have another podcast discussion on this one. That, this is really great stuff. So the freedom, the, so, and I also heard you use the word escape, but I think that that's, that kind of ties into this freedom that you talked about. Um, th that escape piece, is that, is that tied to the authenticity? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah. I didn't realize how much uh, baggage we carry in life. Uh, we actually halfway, since we live in Virginia, the, the center of the trail is a little after Virginia. So we were about one third of the way done with the trail when we passed by our house. Uh, we took a week off a trail and I did taxes. Uh, we had Harvey's birthday party. We had East, it was Easter weekend and we, um, you know, had to check up on some rental properties, some business stuff. 
that was the most stressful week I've had all year. And we were home for one week and everyone's like, isn't it exciting to go home? Me and my wife and the son, we couldn't wait to run back to the woods. Meanwhile, in the woods, we're, we're sitting there freezing. Our boots were so cold that we, they turned to ice cubes several times where it took you 40 minutes to figure out how to put your shoe in your boot, you know, your foot in your shoe, but just because they're frozen solid. But that was easier than all the weight and decision-making and all that work you had to do in your day-to-day life. The life we built for ourselves at home just has so much weight to it. Um, so once we went back to the trail, it just felt like oh, we could breathe again, you know? So you did have a, a little bit of a freedom, you know, when you, when you left that, that lifestyle. Yeah. Na- nature will do something to you. And it's funny how this morning I was looking up something uh, captured my attention and I, and I Googled the word awe. And uh, I just want to see like the, the definition of the word awe. And so Google has its Oxford languages. And Oxford Languages defines the word awe as a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Wow. And I'm curious, when you were out there on the trail, did you have any awe experiences? Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we did. We had a lot of awe experiences. We were on trail for 209 days, so it's so hard to remember it. But we literally had awe experiences probably... A couple of times a week, climbing up in the Smokies and the sunsets and the sunrises to to watching what my son could do. I mean, probably actually working with my 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 four year old that turned five on trail, working with him was probably the biggest awe moment. We when we went into the whites, my wife's brother, he came with us. And the whole time, all the other through hikers had trail legs and they would all pass us all the time. And so I always kind of felt like, oh, man, we're so slow. But when he came and hiked with us and he's not out of shape. We climbed up Fraconia Ridge, which is a huge mountain, and we had, didn't have to take breaks. We went up the whole thing. It was amazing. And meanwhile, we were up there about 45 minutes before my wife's brother. He was going to be with us for five days. He only made it two days. My uh, five-year-old son just kind of smoked him to death. And it's because he didn't have – it's not because of anything bad about him. It was because we have trail legs. And right. my five-year-old can do things that a healthy 30, 31-year-old man can't do just because of the experience. And, and, and just to see one of our mottos on trail with our son was Sutton's do hard things. And, and that was huge. Cause he actually really embellished that when we went up big mountains and the weather was hard, you know, he'd be like, Oh mom, this is hard. And we were like, Hey, Sutton's do hard things. And he would just be quiet and just keep going. And, and that developed such a, you know, physically made him strong, but I'm sure mentally made him strong too. The only problem with that is if your parents out there, don't ever do that to your kids because then you, you're going to hold yourself accountable to that. Now that we're going home, I was freaked out about rebuilding my business. And then my son leaned over to me and was like, hey, dad, so we do hard things still, right? I'm like, oh, I guess we do. He got you. I love it. He got you. He's a yeah. smart kid. Boy, um, I love that kid, man. I'm watching those YouTube videos. Like he is smart. He is funny. He is brave, man. Yeah. And you guys, you guys just set him up. I just, I just love it so much. There's a picture of you guys sitting on a cliff overlooking what looks like it's probably the Smokies. Do you remember where that was? Yeah, so that's actually in Virginia, um, near Roanoke, Virginia. It's called uh, McGaffey's Knob. Yeah, I mean, you sit and you experience a view like that. I mean, and, yeah. and that's, you know, it's just this one. Moment. Yeah, it, it is. And and it's, it's actually funny because I think a, a little bit on our trip, we, since we were out there so long, we probably took some of that for granted. I, actually, I know we did. Uh, because there was little areas where there's amazing views along the trail that was like 100, 150 feet off the trail. Mm-hmm. And um, we were like, nope, we see views all the time. So we kept going, you know, keep going north. Yeah. 
now that I look back at it, like we could have spent a few extra days and went a little slower and enjoyed that more. Now that I'm back in the real world, yeah. it's, it's, I, I kind of, if I was to feel guilty about anything on the trail, it would be that I didn't enjoy the odds much. Um, that I turned the trail into a job because when you're gone for so long, that's, that's your job every day is to, to go North. So, so it's interesting that you're, you're talking about how wonderful it is because it's true. It is very wonderful. And if you have too much of it, you gotta be, you gotta keep yourself in check because you might take advantage, you know, take it for granted as well. Yeah. And you just said something pretty profound. Um, you turned the trail into the job. You turned your, the trail into your job. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we that, definitely did it at moments for sure. I wonder if we do that here in the in the in the real world. Do we do we turn our job into a job? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure because you see, when I'll use my my real estate journey. I've been a real estate agent for ten years. The first couple of years, I was having so much fun. It was really really great. But then you get to this point where your enthusiasm starts going downhill, and you just kind of just do it just to do it, and you're not really doing it with the same enthusiasm. And and I know that. You know, that might be some of your listeners or yourself have experienced that too. When you start something, sometimes it's amazing and awesome, but then kind of later down the line, you're like, man, I, I don't have the same enthusiasm I used to. I, I completely understand. And it, and it takes a lot to continue to light that fire and, and you know, keep it lit. And uh, and again, I think that's that's a lot of what this podcast is about. So I, I can completely relate. And uh, and I think keeping that enthusiasm going is, is, is critical. I want to kind of move for a minute to like, like sort of that minute or that moment when you guys made the decision that you were doing this? Because it wasn't last year. I think I saw in one of your videos, this this was a goal you guys had for four years. Yeah, um, yeah. What so, kind of preparations did you guys have to make? And what was like, what was it like to make that decision that you were, that you were doing this? Well, yeah, first of all, on trail, there's only re- mostly just retired people and college students because to get out and take a mini retirement in your 30s mm-hmm. is unheard of in America. So it's hard. We decided when Harvey was was a little baby that we wanted to do a mini retirement and and we wanted to to have this goal. So we made it, you know, five years ago almost. And when we sat down and made that decision, you know, it was inspiring. We were inspired about it. We're like, yeah, let's go good. This is our goal. We wrote it down. We got excited about put on the whiteboard. Okay. And then we started thinking about what we got to do to do it. Okay, well, we need money because you can't take off work without money. So we got to make this amount of money. Then we got to have this many more rental properties and we started getting really productive in our work. I mean, uh, you know, our, our sales went up, we bought more rental properties than we ever did before. And we started systemizing things because the hardest thing about leaving a business is you got to be able to leave it, you know, so it can still operate without it. So we had to get a property management company involved. We had to, you know, all these different systems. So we started doing that working, but I will tell you this, the whole time during that five years, there were moments or, or even months where, we second guessed the whole thing because we're like, man, what the opportunity costs taking a year off of work. You're going to lose momentum. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose this. There were several times when we thought about what we were going to lose. And, and that would really, really get us down. My, my wife several times was almost like, we, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> you know, this is crazy. And then, then I several times, Oh, it's going to be too much work to rebuild my business afterwards. So, so to tell you that we did a, made a goal and worked for five years and was productive. And then we just went and everything was rosy dory would be a lie. It wasn't. I mean, we worked hard. It, we definitely made us way more productive and gave us a clear path, which was awesome. Uh, but there was moments we second guessed it and we had to keep doing that up to even two months before we left. We were scared. We were scared to step outside of the normal box that we live in. We were scared to take this risk. But then, I mean, something Tim Ferriss says, you know, we always went back to what's the worst that could happen? 
we become homeless. Like, okay, well, we're going to live in the woods homeless, so that's fine. Um, you know, we'll make it work. Um, you know, it's like, well, we, we have can experience. Make it work. At least we'll be good at being homeless by the end of this trip. So, yeah. so that's fine. Um, you know, so, and, and then, but then the, to put a list of the positives, you know, we have these videos of us doing this family adventure. I know my son so much better than I ever could have because we did this trip. If we, if I didn't have 200 days with my son every day, all day long in, in an environment that allowed us to connect, I wouldn't know him. And now he's in school. He's going to be in school for forever. Um, and 90% of a parent's life with their kids is before they turn 18. Um, so now that he's in school and school determines what we do in our schedule, I'm so glad we did it before school. I mean, that's the perfect time. And, and he was smart enough where he had a personality, you know, he, he wasn't like a two-year-old, you know, he was a four or five-year-old. So it was great. So all that being said, it was quite, quite the journey for five years and struggle to stay on task and not let our goals, uh, fall apart. Well, I, I think that's awesome. And I think what's really important for people to hear is the resistance that you experienced. I mean, you were just very, very open about it, but you guys did have doubts. And uh, I think most people have doubts about something like this. And I think um, you guys, you guys overcame those doubts and you got after it. And, you know, you, I'm sure there were doubts that you had when you first left for Africa. I'm sure there were doubts that you had when you went to Nepal, like, you know, what, what's your advice for people that experience that they, they feel that call and they want to go do this. They want to pursue their dreams, but they feel those doubts and they feel that resistance. How did you get through it? Uh, first of all, uh, take a, take a moment and stop feeling, um, and, and actually make a plan because every time that we felt it would make us feel more depressed, feel more scared. And we kept feeling all these scared feelings. But every time we sat down, me and my wife, and actually started talking through logistics and planning it out, suddenly we felt a lot more confident. Our confidence came to us like, yeah, we can do this. So the more we, we came up with a real plan on how to execute, you know, taking, you know, eight months off of work, the more, you know, we, we, we felt confident. And then the less planning we did, and we just allowed our feelings to creep in, then we felt you know, inadequate. We felt, you know, oh, and we had all this self-doubt and, you know, whatever comes with that. But, but yeah, I would say making a real plan and planning everything out will, will help a lot with all the fears. This is sounding like a Nike commercial. Just do it. Just, just get after it is what I'm hearing. Make the plans and get after it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I want to talk just for a minute about like what, like how this trip has changed you. I, you know, I'd like to know like, you know, when you guys came back and maybe like immediately and, you know, what you kind of foresee for the long term. But I mean, this was a big deal. You guys were gone for for a long time, for, you know, the better part of a year. And, uh, you know, how, how did this trip change you? It, it definitely brought us closer together as a family and it kind of solidified who we were. I think before this trip, me and my wife were just working and trying to do everything that families do, work, build a retirement, all that stuff. But we didn't really get to a chance to know who we were uh, because all that was getting in the way. We were blinded. We were in blinders. So it definitely gave us a real great perspective of like who we were, what we really like, what what is important in life, you know, and, and what we came up with for us is is being able to do adventures together live it our, our family motto now is live a life of extraordinary stories and that's what we want to do and, and so it's like what's the next extraordinary story we want to do yeah we have to work we have to save up for retirement we have to do all those things but we're going to do those things so we can live a life of extraordinary stories not just do them 
just because that's what you're supposed to do. So it kind of gave us, it, it, it kind of renewed why we're, we're working, why we're doing what we're doing. It gave us purpose. Josh, that's amazing. Uh, if, if you heard the, the voiceover in the intro for this podcast, it said that this is about ordinary people telling extraordinary stories of adventure. And uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know, man, do you consider yourself ordinary? Um, you know, that, that's a funny thing. If, if you want to talk about self-talk, I consider myself way below ordinary. Um, so I don't know how other people perceive us. Uh, it's it's interesting now because we have national coverage because our son was so young hiking the Appalachian Trail. Um, so now you have people all over the world that are excited about what we did and think we're amazing. But from day to day, like I kind of feel myself as uh, definitely less than than average on the extraordinary. And that may be just, you know, low self-esteem, self-talk. But um but yeah, no, we don't consider ourselves extraordinary at all. But but we like to do extraordinary things because it's fun. Uh, I have a couple of fun questions for you. The first right. one is, when they make the movie about your trip, who's going to play you and your wife? <laughs> so so we don't we're not up with our pop culture too much. I asked my <laughs> wife this question because you emailed it to me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't know about pop culture, but um, I, I I said uh, she, she said uh, Jennifer Gardner. And I said uh, for her and for me, I think it would be Nicolas Cage. And, oh, and the right. reason why is um, they're both very quirky, but they get the job done. I love it. Nicolas Cage and Jennifer Garner. I want to see that movie for sure. <laughs> uh, so what's the name of the movie? Um, uh, I, I think we would call it the next step because our, you know, for us, you know, that that venture that we did is just one of the steps of hopefully many adventures like that so it's just that's just the next step i think the thing that I, that popped in my head is that when you're hiking uh 2193 miles you take one step at a time right so exactly it's a little play of words too i love it well um Josh, this has been incredible. I, I wonder, is there um, is there anything you want to share with listeners in terms of ways that they can and reach out to you or, or follow what you're what you're working on? You've got the YouTube channel, which is absolutely amazing. You've got, I mean, just a plethora of, of videos out there, and from your experiences, anything else that you want to share with the with the folks listening today? Yeah, if, if you want to get in contact with us, probably the best way is through Instagram um, and, or YouTube, but Instagram, you can actually message us. So, But our Instagram handle is uh, at Liv Sutton, L-I-V-E-S-U-T-T-O-N, and that's the same for YouTube. Cool. Awesome. And uh, any, any last advice for those people that are just listening today, inspired by you because of the trips that you've made and, and what you're working on, and, but just you know, can't get over that hurdle? Yeah. And so, so I don't know what their hurdles is, but one piece of advice, um, if you do want to go backpacking, um, go for at least three nights or more. The first two nights you never sleep well. Uh, so you don't have fun. Um, but after the third night you learn to sleep well and, uh, your, your tent and your mattress will become as comfortable as your bed at your house. Uh, so, so you won't get the full experience unless you're out for at least three days. Oh, man. Thank you, Josh. This has been unbelievable. I really appreciate you spending the time. You've definitely inspired me. And I just want to tell everybody that's listening that, that I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Josh's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside you that's calling you to adventure. Because ultimately, we want to hear your story too. So if you need a nudge, or if you have a story to share, please email me because we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, I want to encourage everybody to get outside. Thanks for listening.